0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
1: <laughs> Come on, son. <laughs> on the
0: Come on, <laughs> <Draw. laughs>
2: Come on. Come on. I want to I start off by saying something. I know I be controlling stuff sometimes. It's
1: okay, bro. That's what podcast is all about. This is the Come On Some podcast. Mr. David Band is my guest, and you want to start off by saying something. Bro, We um,
2: I was just outside talking about history. Mm-hmm. I, I think especially when it pertains to Southern hip hop, one of the problems is our respect for history, and it's because... It was beat out of us. It was raped out of us. It was slaveryed out of us. You know, there's no way I'm supposed to be in Atlanta for over four or five months and not hear no outcasts, not hear no goody mob. So it made me think or go to Jackson and not hear no David Bannon. Right. Because if I go to New York, I'm hear a little LL, I'm hear a little run DMC. If I go out to the West Coast, I'm going to hear a little Dre. I'm going to hear some Snoop. Right. So I said in me coming here, brother, I was just watching that interview with you and Pac. When the situation happened with the Hughes brothers and when literally you tried to grab his mouth and I started thinking about your effect on hip hop. And it's not your responsibility to tell and teach everybody that, because if you were raised anything like me, it is for other people to big you up. If you are a man, you're supposed to be great. Mm. You're not supposed to be around here bragging on yourself. It's for other people to say it. So, hey, bro, I really appreciate you know your place in hip hop and the effect that you had on hip hop. And it's our responsibility to raise you, bro. You feel I'm saying? Thank you, raise brother. you up to the people, and I just wanted to thank you,
1: bro. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, man. The funny backstory on the on the whole Tupac thing is, mm-hmm. at, at that time, and it's a you know I say it sometimes, but a lot of people I don't think really listen. Pac mm-hmm. was like my guy, yeah. like like me, him, and Stretch. Uh, both of their souls from the live squad, they were almost like really, really best friends. They right. were together all the time. So when Pac was doing that and he came in to do that interview, I really didn't want him to go too far because my mindset was – they listening to you.
2: Yeah, he going to dry snitch on himself without knowing it. And that's exactly it. what right, he right, did. Right. He
1: actually did that. And when they went to he court. He could be
2: doing what a lot of rappers doing their raps now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Any
2: of the stuff that I did. A lot of stuff I did when I was young does not have a statute of limitation. on it. <laughs> I ain't rapping about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what he did was he Can did that. Yeah, this is a okay, podcast. Okay, shit. So what he did was they subpoenaed that footage from MTV and used it against him in the civil suit that the Hughes brothers brought against him. So he did actually dry snitch on himself. I was just trying to stop him from from going any further because my mindset was, dog, they going to use this, and they did.
2: And the thing that I want to say, bro, and you don't have to say this in here, bro, but I know it hurts when you give your life to a form and you spend all of your time, miss your children growing up, and it's, as men, we know what we are supposed to do for our community and our village, but it does feel good because we're still encased in flesh when people say thank you. Mm-hmm. You, you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I totally understand. You know, I, I give my life for the liberation of my people, for Southern music, for for black men, women, and children who don't have the power to speak. And, and sometimes it just seems like our people have been conditioned to applaud ignorance and turn their face away from greatness and things that reflect the vision of God. And I thought about that when I came in here, bro, and said, you know, if I expect or want that from other people, then I want to I want to do the same to you and for you.
1: Why do you think that we've become that way? I think we've been that way for a long time. Mm-hmm. And at one point I talked to my mom about why wow, we are so materialistic as a, as a people. And uh, my mom said, well, we're coming up the way she came up, they didn't have anything. So if they got Mm -hmm. a new pair of shoes, they flaunted that new pair of shoes because there were many days when she didn't have shoes at all. Mm -hmm. So the black man walking down the street in a brand new suit flossing in front of other black people Mm -hmm. that didn't have it was a way to make him feel good about himself.
2: Do you know one of the ways, especially in the islands, that they broke strong black men? They raped them. The men raped the other men. Mm -hmm. Like white men raped black men black, strong black men to take their spirit from us. See, I, I talk about this in my God Box lecture series. Um, and thank you for all the people that's been supporting me. Um, I have like, when I lecture, that's over a thousand people. I just lectured um, at for- uh, Harvard, uh, you was up at Harvard, well, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I was in Harvard, but I was in Austin for Martin Luther King Day. Over 200,000 people, I was the keynote speaker. So I thank everybody for that support. Um- Which what we have to realize is, and I talk about this, would you agree that the central processing unit of a computer was based on the human brain? Absolutely. Would you all agree with that? Okay. so imagine if all of the information from a central processing unit was taken away the Internet, the way that it was programmed, the way that uh, uh, the mathematics, all of these things. Now, think about the African person. Africans didn't come over here acting like niggas. They were not niggas. But everything that allowed them to be a central processing unit or a person of culture, their God, their language, their children, their family structure, their history, their mathematics, their science was taken away from them, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, let's say a virus called nigger was uploaded. When the African or the central processing unit starts malfunctioning, who fault is it? Is it the programmer or the computer? It's the fucking programmer, Right. And as much as us conscious people walk around and talk about how black people should act, there has not been any new information uploaded. As much as we can give certain examples, we have had flashes, uh-huh. but we haven't had no social therapy, physical therapy, mental therapy. We, we talk about the fallout of war. These wars at, uh, last for two or three years. We were in slavery, in bondage, longer than we have been out and nobody has hugged or loved on us. So when these kids kill each other, when they shoot each other, when you listen to black radio, and most of the music, even R&B. Ladies always talk about rap music, Uh but let's talk about R&B. If you have a lady singing R&B nine times out of 10, even if she's married and happy, she's talking about how men are dogs, and how men can't never get it right and how depressed she is, but she's married and happy.
1: Uh, there are a million people, millions and millions of people that said they like Mary miserable than more than they right. like Mary or, when she or, was happy. Or a
2: great example, Anthony Hamilton. Anthony, me and Anthony talk about that because I produce for Anthony. Sometimes he said, man, I'm happy as fuck. I, I, I don't want to be the old Anthony Hamilton." You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But, but, but we love, and what we don't understand, we we love being encapsulated in pain because, in actuality, for the black person in America, that is actually our default.
1: It's mm. pain. Mm. Mm. Speak on it, brother.
2: <laughs> Think about the hoods that we're from. Right. Think about the hoods that we from. Most of the hoods that we from, that we rep, that we talk about, we don't like those places. Hell no. Those places are miserable. That's right. But it's just like the word nigga. We have to take it, internalize it, and try to make it something that feels good just so we can deal with it
1: every fucking day. Yeah, because that's what we have to deal with every single day. Every day. day. How did David Banner go from like a pimp? to socially conscious.
2: Okay, what's funny is David Banner has always been conscious. I've been conscious since the 11th grade. If you go back and listen to like, if you go back and look at the Like a Pimp video, this freaks everybody out. <laughs> Turn the music off. We ran the Klu Klux Klan out of Mississippi. I, it was funny, B didn't play the real version, but MTV did. I bring the head back or the Grand Dragon on MTV. We pushed over the burning cross. I took the Confederate flag, ripped it up. You remember at the end of the video, it went, bum 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 bum, And I threw the Confederate flag back, but nobody saw nothing but asses dropping. (laughs) Then people don't talk about the fact that my next single was God I Know That We Pimp, God I Know That We Wrong, God I Know I Should Talk About More in all of my songs. I know these kids are listening. I know I'm here for a mission, but it's so hard to get them when 22-inch rims are glistening. Oh, wow. Cadillac on twenty two yeah. was my next single. That's right. I've always been conscious, but when you broke and when you come from the hood and you hungry as fuck, I always say they want these kids to dream, but it's hard to dream when you don't have a bed to sleep in. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what allowed me to be outwardly conscious was to be successful. The one thing that rappers and entertainers have and, and, and football players and basketball, we have time to look at the world. Most of the world, man, they working nine to five. They come home to their spouse bitching, their kids hollering and shit. One, that's one of the reasons why I decided to be the David Banner that I was because I had to do it from Mississippi um, who was working in a chicken factory. Mm-hmm. He said, David Banner, I understand that the Illuminati exists. I understand all this racism and shit. He said, but at the end of the day, it's two things. I got to work every day. I don't have time to think, bro. I I, I want to live a life. Do you remember on The Matrix? And this was my favorite line in any movie, when the dude says, I know the steak doesn't exist, but it tastes so good. Mm. And most people know the world is fucked up. They know it's racist, mm-hmm. but shit, that, that, that record deal is yeah, shit. I, man, I got <laughs> 10 million. Shit, I know selling dope is fucked up. Right. But I know if I try to be you, David Banner, or anybody like you, that's the reason why it's so important for me to be fly and to look good and be successful because these children, and that's what I want to talk about hip-hop. I want to talk about the lies in fucking hip-hop so these motherfuckers can stop talking about this mumble rap shit and they can stop talking about these kids because I'm going to show people how the so-called hip-hoppers that we love did the same fucking thing. They tried to be successful. They went and got rock groups they went and did R&B. They went and did pop shit so they can be more uh, um, digestible to white folks. That's right. And these kids saw them do it and say, okay, let's fuck the whole sh- Let's fuck all the rest of the shit. Let's just do the shit that's going to make me popular. They learned that from their ancestors, right. from their families. Then we turn around and turn our nose up at these And then we are act-
1: and, and and to add to that, my generation pisses me off because we act like we ain't have whack hip hop. Mm-hmm. There was plenty of whack motherfuckers out there, and
2: no disrespect. Plenty, no disrespect. I always tell people this, and they shut their fucking mouth every time. I say we talked about the yin yang twins, right? Right. But was not Flavor Flav the same exact thing? Not the same. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah, now, boy. now what happened was south. The south was 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 popular during the time that commercialism that we sold our culture. All we right. just happened to be popping at the time, so they blamed it on the South. But it was commercialism and capitalism. We sold our spirit. I remember Shah Kim told me something um, from Flavor Unit. He was he, Queen Latifah's
0: he, partner. He, and yeah,
2: manager. he he he's one of my mentors. He said David Banner. He said when we were popping, when I was coming up from Jersey, we just gave the music to the white boys, and they did what the fuck we told them to do, and we moved out the way. Now you have A&Rs who are college boys who have never been in the South. This is one of the reasons why I stopped producing hip-hop, period. You know, I do my friends. I do people that I love. But the white boy was coming to try to, to A&R me on Southern music. Oh, shit. Now, would, and if you said R&B, if you said pop, Ed, okay, maybe I understand that. But the fact that you feel comfortable enough in our culture to even speak to me about Southern hip-hop, right. I wanted to break his fucking neck. But since they cut the checks, we have allowed them. And I want you all to notice this. They have almost extinguished every strong black figure in the music industry. I said on this the song that I gave you with Black Thought, uh-huh. I said this is the second time that I'm asking y'all what happened to Chris Lighty and Prince. Because I'm convinced that they lie and tell us that it's drugs or suicide. Then they sweep that shit up under the rug. mm like, 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 bro! It ain't no strong men inside of the music industry, black men anymore. Anybody that's gonna say nah, that's some bullshit. Somebody that's gonna say nah, we signing these kids to the 360 deals for right. eighty thousand dollars, and we used to shoot bullshit videos. I mean, they literally taking all of their rights. They they take the way that these kids even look.
1: For for anybody that's listening to this podcast who doesn't understand the 360 deal, please explain it to them.
2: I'm going to make it very simple. Basically, the 360 deal is this. And um, Miley Cyrus and 50 Cent was the main reason why uh, these record labels started signing 360 deals. Because 50 and Miley was making more outside of music than the the labels were making, period. But what happens is this. When you sign a 360 deal, anything that you do that generates money they can get a piece of it. That that What they mean is the circle. So even if they don't invest in your movie career and you go bust your ass, they feel like them giving you that little bullshit money that they gave you um, is the reason why you made it. Or the little fame that you had already, that, 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 that you had helped build. Because one of the problems is, is the labels feel, and this is our problem, I just told somebody this. And think about this, y'all. What is the difference when an A-level artist or rapper or anything, um, sees cameras or lights, what's the difference between when they see lights and cameras and when B, C, and D-level actors, artists, or football players or whatever see cameras? What's Mm. the difference? What do they do when they see the light?
1: They shine away from it when they A-level.
2: Right. And and they they walk
1: towards it when they're C, and D-level.
2: You know the reason why? Why? Because the A-level artists know that they are the lights. See, the thing that I think is when a camera flashes, it's not their light going out. It's yours going in. Mm. That's the reason why some some forms of people and some cultures of people don't like cameras because it takes your spirit every time somebody flashes a light. So in the music industry, they believe that their money is worth more than your talent when that's actually not true. I can stand out on the corner and rap and somebody will throw me a dollar. Mm. If you don't have no music to sell, then you ain't shit. You you you, you 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 your ex-lawyer, you uh, uh what else are they? The, the old accountants, all of these people who don't know nothing about music, who have never been in the situation that you can not we can make this money. You can't do shit without our product.
1: That's right. That's true. So that 360 deal encapsulates an artist no matter what they do, mm-hmm. even if they get on TV from what I'm understanding, a lot of reality show stars mm-hmm. is getting the same bullshit as deal. Yep. They getting the 360 deal and and so that means even if they go out and get a club appearance based on their character on this exactly. on this reality show, the, the person who runs the reality show is getting a piece of that money, too. Mm-hmm. So they want a, a little piece of everything, your concert it's, stuff. Because it used to be, like, a lot of artists knew, well, they're going to jerk me on an album sale. I can
2: at least go and I tour, can at least go ride. tour
1: and make my money mm-hmm. off, of, off of touring. So you're telling me it's not even like that. They want your merch. They I want think, everything. They want your spirit. They want everything
2: about you. And the the thing is this: this is this is what I believe. I believe it's because we don't see any value in self. One of the things that makes me so powerful is the fact that I can say no, because people trip out to this day. I sell my own t-shirts. Like when I go to my shows, people be like, "Damn, David Banner, you bigger than selling?" You. No, I'm not. <laughs> I want you to know, I'm gonna get at this bag. Right. One thing that I tell people is. What I believe in socially as far as justice, it shouldn't affect my children. My, my children may not want to be about black. They may see me and want to be it, but I don't think I believe God put this on me and not my children. So my children are not going to suffer for what I believe in. So we got to get to it and we got to work. But in those 360 deals, every shirt that I uh, sell, if I was signed the one, then whoever I sign that to gets a piece of that.
1: Okay, so you have recently said that you believe that Trump's election is the best thing that ever happened to black people. Tell me about
2: that. Not ever, but I think in recent history, I think it is. Um, have you ever seen black people this engaged in the political process this no. long in Mm-mm. your lifetime? Um, the thing about the Clintons and the people who have historically always been in politics, man, the Clinton family signed the bills in the 90s that, that put over 600,000 black men in jail. Trump is a theory. Although he's fucking up and he's manifesting, <laughs> we know what the Clinton family, the effect that they have, or we should know, I should say. Um, the thing is, is is what Trump did, especially for liberal white people, is took the post-racial lie out of the way people! oh america's not racist anymore that's a fucking lie yeah, but it's america's more racist. Always been right. racist it's more racist than it's ever been and now i think it's going to force black people to have to deal with each other because we are the closest thing to god black people are spoiled god gave the earth to us
1: mm-hmm. think
2: about black people in their natural state if we got hungry what do we have to do just pull it off fucking tree, right or pull it off the motherfucking ground right we can have sex 12 months out of the year, we got beautiful women walking around. We was a spoiled race of people because God gave it to us first. So, in order for us to truly respect the gods that we are, we have to suffer. Think about this, and this fucks people up. White people, for the most part, came from the mountains, right? Right, Caucasus Mountains. Caves, coal, and shit, right? Let's forward to let's forward to right now. Most black people in the summertime, what are they trying to do? <laughs> get in a cold room with some uh-huh. air we run from the sun Right. so it's almost like God had to put us where they were at the, at the at the exact bottom in order for us to want and respect the gods that we are and I think Trump is a key and a part to that we have to suffer it's like your mama telling you don't touch that don't touch that stone. Right. it's gonna burn your ass we be like yeah mama yeah and as soon as we touch that motherfucker that's when we have respect and I think that Trump is that stole. I do not support him. I don't like him. But the pain that he's putting black people through is going to help us. It's going to help us
1: be the gods that we're supposed to be. What do you think about certain celebrities uh, that went to meet with Trump?
2: Um, I'm glad you said that, brother. Uh, it's only one person in particular that I really want to talk about. Um, Who was our elder that went? And every black just about every black person jumped on his ass. Mr. Steve Harvey. Well, no, Steve Harvey. Not Steve Harvey. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown is the only person that um that I I I wanna speak about. Um because Jim Brown has historically always stood for our people. Absolutely. Um I, I wanna be clear, there's there's some things that I have to say about other people, but what I promised myself in my career, I'm not battle rapping against black people. I am not debating with black people because we are not the problem. Us talking about other black people that's like, I have problems with Obama, real problems with Obama. I'll talk about that amongst us, but in front of cameras, we are not the problem. The things that black people do are residual effect of white supremacy. So let's not even talk about them. But Jim Brown is important. Jim Brown has historically always fought for black people. Absolutely. He was one of the key people that helped Obama become elected. When Obama got in the office, he did not help Jim Brown do shit for these kids. Um, Jim Brown is one of the few entertainers who has an actual plan. That's called AmeriCan. Yes. He's been helping black kids all over the world. And gangbangers
1: right in L.A. and everything his house for a and long everything. Time. Yeah.
2: So I'm just going to tell you, because I called his people up. I called Jim Brown's people up because I'm not one of these people to see something happen and then start talking about people. No, let me call some of your people that I know. And they thanked me, they said, David Banner, you are the only celebrity or only person that called Jim Brown before they commented. They said, this is what happened. I'm gonna tell you what they said. The nigga didn't do nothing, so he gonna go to the cracker to see if the cracker gonna do something. Mm. Cause the nigga didn't do shit. He said, so I have a plan so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give it to him and maybe he'll do something. We, we know the motivations, but all he wants is money to help these children. So I'm going to go to the cracker and see what happens. And when I say cracker, it's the same thing as nigger. When I say nigger, I don't mean black people. When I say cracker, I don't mean white folks. A cracker, just to be clear so people can stop lying about what cracker means, The cracker was the white person who was the slave driver over black people. And when the slave, he kept cracking the fucking whip. And that's where we get the word cracker. So if you're doing shit to slave drive black people, I'm talking about you, then you are specifically a cracker. And I believe that he's a cracker. Anyway, point being is this, Jim Brown went to try to help our people. When he said what he said uh, uh, about liking a person, he was talking about the preacher He was not talking about the president. Mm. So the president, the president people ran downstairs and gave the commentary and noticed something. Just like Kaepernick, Jim Brown never said anything. We never got his side of the story. Mm -hmm. And we will place, we talk about Jesus all the time, but we will place our people on the cross and crucify them before our oppressor does. Mm. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with us going to speak to that man. But like T.I. said, Trump never brought black people up there to really talk to them about solutions. It's similar to my feeling about Chrissette Michelle. It was not the fact that she went up there and sung. It's the fact that you crossed the line without talking to your people. All Trump wanted to do is to show black people that I can I can grab y'all people, whether y'all like me or not. That's right. And she crossed the line. That was my problem is that you did something that was bigger than you. Right. Like, like that's what I had to realize. That's oh, I would the, rather
1: you just say, I need the money. Well, well, I but, can respect that. Well,
2: I'll give you the money. Or we as rappers, we can all get together and give you some money if you need it. Just say that's what you need. Right, just say so I
1: need the money. And allow My up. mortgage is fucked up. They're going to foreclose on my house. They're going to give me 80000 I need it. Right. I can respect but that.
2: But it, it's similar to the Clippers. When the Clippers decided to play that game, It was bigger than them. You made a a unilateral decision because whether we like it or not, our people, and it's not fair. When we say role models, it's not fair that we're put in this position, but that's part of being who we are. It's not that Muhammad Ali was the best fighter ever. It's what he sacrificed uh, um, during his time in the light for his people and what he believed
1: in. Mm. Yeah. That is absolutely, absolutely true. Now, let's talk about God Box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because we got to talk about God Box. <laughs> you uh, you gave me the God Box mixtape. Mm-hmm. Musically, you on some other shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Where you at right now? Because um, your God Box mixtape is incredible.
2: All Hip Hop said that the God Box mixtape may be one of the best mixtapes ever. And the reason why I believe people think that is for the first time in my life, um, I think I, I am where the people are. Hip-hop used to be about the streets. You know, now hip-hop is about things that most people can't feel. It's about, you know, uh, abundance. It's about being happy. Right now, mm-hmm. most black people in America are not happy. At all. But what we do, the people who have money, they're talking about their personal lives, and they're not relating with the people. So for me, I think, um, I, I, I think my step away from hip-hop, I stepped away from the light. And uh, it gave me an opportunity to be regular. I want to tell you something that I I haven't said anywhere else that I am going to start talking about. One of the things that I am apprehensive about, about being uh, in the limelight again, is my peace. I I don't want what other black people want from being a star. Like, y'all can have all the women, all the accolades. Y'all can battle rap against each other, the fame. I want the access to my people. That's all I want is our people have invested in white supremacy and don't know it. So in order for me to get to my people, I gotta go get them. Harriet Tubman didn't stay in the North and say, hey, y'all come up here. <laughs> she had to fucking go get her people. Right. So that's what this is about for me. Like I don't wanna give my heart away. To be honest, if if this wasn't Ricky, I wouldn't be doing the cameras. Right. I'm only doing this because I love Ricky and I love you, but I don't wanna give my whole life away. I don't right. want people to know who my, my, my daughter, uh, uh, or if I had a daughter I didn't have, but <laughs> my family is, who I love. That's weakness. As a freedom fighter, I don't want people. Nine ninety nine for my CD isn't worth you having my whole life. Right. I gave you dope-ass music and dope-ass rhymes. No, you can't have my grandmother. No, you can't have my child. No, you can't have my personal time. When I'm on Instagram, it's a week out. People be like, damn, David better than the Poconos. Last week on your ass. (laughs) (laughs) So the the God Box is literally, uh, it comes out May 19th. Uh, I'm going to say this up until May 19th. I am very interested in seeing what hip-hop, the so-called hip-hop motherfuckers are going to do. Because literally, I don't believe people want real good music. They want it from who white people have given them. They want it from the stars that they invest money in. I watched them do it to great artists. i give you an example. There is an artist out of Houston called Killer Caleon. He just released a, a CD called the Lorraine Motel. I want to see what hip-hop goes going to do. I'm going to see when when, when when Crick put out Mount Olympus. When I did the uh, freestyle on the BET Awards, BET called me and said, that was one of the best. It's you, Eminem, or Kendrick. But because I'm from Mississippi and I'm from the South, rap just stood there like it was a roach in the room. Like, damn, that's David Banner. He not supposed to be dope. Right, you know, so I am very interested, and I put one hundred, I put six figures in the God Box. These motherfuckers talk about hip hop, but they don't put no money in it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I put a, I put six figures up on me and um, Ninth Wonder's album. I paid for that. The God Box, I paid for that. the, The the studio time, the artists, the people. I mixed the album about seven. We have. If you go and listen to the song with me, Crit and UGK on it um there's a real symphony orchestra at the end people want to say that's a sample the guy who um the guy who uh uh did all of the music for passion of the christ iron man one and two that is actually a real musical score but because people don't see any value in black people and in the south they just want to say that it's a sample and look over that shit. no my album is actually a, a, a art exhibit also. We just uh we just landed Art Basel in Miami. Mm-hmm. So like people are not going to be able to say that this shit is not art. And if they don't give it up then you wonder why our artists go off into other cultures. Mm. We, as black people, complain about when our artists leave our communities, but we also don't see, uh, when we talk about gentrification, but we've had our communities for all this time. We've had our artists for all this time. Curtis May, we talked about this on your show. Yeah. Curtis Mayfield died, and for the most part, I didn't hear no black people talk about that shit, and I think he better than James Brown, anybody else motherfuckers talk about. He was the He was the prince. Like for me, Prince is my favorite artist. People can talk about other artists and how they perform and how they jump around, but I'm talking about a motherfucker that can play every instrument yeah, that yeah. produces every fucking song that that does that was the youngest artist to have control of his whole his own album. Yeah. Who produced everybody that came out of his fucking city, every song, every instrument. That's who I want to be. Yeah, that was a bad motherfucker. I'm not more talking the how- pennies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I had a, I had a conversation with my uh my good friend Toure Gordon, who's a stand-up comedian. Shout out to Tore. And we had a debate. Uh, We were away in Playa del Carmen in a bunch of room with people. We had a debate, who's better than Michael Jackson or Mm -hmm. Prince? So he took Michael Jackson and I took Prince. And he would throw down Michael Jackson's accolades as a singer Mm -hmm. and a dancer and a songwriter. And he would run off Michael Jackson and I would run off Prince stuff. And he was like, well, Thriller sold this many copies. And I was like, well, Purple Rain did the movie and, Mm -hmm. and it did this many copies. And he was just going, Thriller did that much, that much. And I stunned him, shut him up when I said one thing. I said, Prince was so incredible, Michael Jackson named his son after him. <laughs> yeah, Prince, say. Michael, Jackson, can, can, can game I, over. Can I, can
2: I give you something, in my humble opinion? One thing that black people have to start doing is stop debating with how much white supremacy uh, 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 pays you. See, in a lot of cases, uh, we go on how many records have been sold how well that doesn't you, necessarily make the best artist Artist, Right. But we have to look when even we look at so-called conscious rappers. We want to talk about units. I can't expect a song like I know you saw the video that I did for Black Fist. Yeah, but I, my verse comes out like uh, uh, keep your white Jesus. I don't pray to your crosses. I don't expect white radio to play that. <laughs> I mean, even though white fans love me and and probably support me more than my people, like, I can understand. Like, I'll give you a quick example. My original engineer was white, and I laid him off. I said, because I care about you, but I wouldn't want to be in the studio and if people were talking about what your folks talk about. Like I still understand why. So if 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 I'm not comparable to your favorite artist who's talking about selling dope, and I don't push that you and I don't push those units. Not saying that that's my excuse, cause so many conscious artists say, oh man, well it's because I'm like, no it's because your shit is whack. I really honestly think it may take more time mm-hmm. because it took me longer to cook my music. I give you a quick example. Do you know the real reason why I started the God Box Lecture Series? Why? It's because how can I expect my people to support conscious music if they don't understand what the fuck I'm talking about? <laughs>
1: that
2: means that we have to go out and educate our people. Right. So at least they can be like, okay, well, even if I don't understand what the fuck David Banner talking to, he cared enough to come to my house.
1: Right. You feel
2: what I'm saying? Right. So so for me, I I, I, I take that into account, how many records they sold, but to me, that doesn't necessarily have to do. Like I said about... uh, uh uh, Muhammad Ali, he's not going to, he he got his ass beat a couple times. Sure did. So there may be people who 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 may have never lost a fight in their life, but to me that doesn't necessarily, it's like being a doctor. I tell people this about hip hop. People think because somebody can spit, that makes them, like a lot of artists who people think that they like the most, I think those motherfuckers are boring. Me personally. Mm-hmm. I believe if you are an artist, it's supposed to be like a doctor. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you may not be able to, you may not uh, 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 specifically do surgery, but if a motherfucker got cut, you can put them back together. Right. So it's stage presence, it's lyrics, it's content, it's storytelling. It's all of these things that you're supposed to do, not just spitting, and to be able to put together a whole song.
1: That's the the most difficult part, because coming up where I came up from, it was a, it was a lot of us. Like I was an MC in the park too, and, and doing the park stuff and all that, and and so was Run DMC at the same time. But it was the fact that those guys knew how to put together a record. Rick Mm -hmm. Rubin knew how to put together and taught them Mm -hmm. how to put together a record. Mm -hmm. You know, then LL Cool J came and we was like, well, goddamn, I ain't that nice. (laughs) I can't spit the way that boy's spitting. So it is more than just one thing because if it wasn't, everybody who comes out with a mixtape or a record or hands you something would be able to be a superstar
2: in music. Let me tell you what my opinion is. One of the things that's happened to black culture is that we've made it too easy. Um, If it's art... If somebody feels like they brother can do it, then why should they pay for your music? Right. Music is supposed to be complex. It's supposed to be something that somebody else can't
1: do. Why do you think we've gotten to that point? How much of a, of a factor do you think technology plays in that?
2: Um, I think we use technology as an excuse. I, I think it's the psychology of black people. I think most black people don't like being black. Mm. So, you know, I, I'll give them a, their, Elaborate, please. I'll give you the example. They say R&B doesn't sell anymore, right? Justin Timberlake don't have no problem with R and B. Adele don't have any problem with R and B. Robin
1: Thicke ain't having no problem. Ain't have with no R&B. fucking problem with R and B. Maybe with his wife, but not with R and B. How
2: fucking hilarious!
1: <laughs> 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 you how, this is how he knows he's great. He
2: slid that shit in and kept it moving. His face didn't change nothing. But uh, but 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 the thing is, and I'm gonna tell you some um, a reason why a lot of people are complaining. Um, I am not gonna release my album on every platform um facebook gave away a lot of free shit gmail gave away a lot of free shit white society gave away a lot of free shit but what black folks didn't understand we started giving away all our shit for free too but with no plan what gmail did was they gave you all of this free access and now you got to pay for storage they're coming back and getting your ass and they're getting ads and shit we just gave (laughs) away our culture for free and it's gone right and it's fucking gone. So I, I think what ends up happening with our culture is this. We are going to have to take a step back. We One thing I liked about hip-hop back in the day is that you had some people who, think about it, all of the, like, let's go back to Shaquem and them. Them boys in Jersey didn't play. Scarface and them didn't play. Rap-A-Lot didn't play. There were certain people who were in our culture that those people and our people were afraid of. Mm. Now, hip-hop is the get-along gang. i (laughs) I, I give you an example. i give you an example. Um, I have a line on my album that says, what you rapping for if you don't look like Macklemore? They don't need you. They don't need me. Don't see you on MTV. Michael Jackson turned back black. Then they killed him and dropped his CD. What I'm saying is this. I looked at Macklemore's album. Macklemore's album was one of the first albums where there was not, like, usually you got to at least have a black producer. You got to have a Timberland, You have to have a Puffy. You have to have somebody. You couldn't take our culture or be a part of our culture unless somebody black had something to do with it. I can't lie to you, Ryan, that produces McLemore the boy is jamming. They can say whatever they want to about him. He is jamming. But black folks didn't have nothing to do with that. And what happens is Even now, with
1: Eminem, we had something to do with it.
2: Right. So what ends up happening now is white people feel comfortable now about being a part of our music. And now they even comment on it and tell you. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Tito Lopez is one of the dopest rappers ever. He's from Mississippi. He's from." He said something that was so dope. Uh, uh, he told me about this. He said, they will call you nigga to your face and then dare you to say it. like. Like, they have taken our culture. And now, I don't even have as much of a problem with it. But the fact that they turn around and spit in your face about it. Right. You know, um, I I remember something, man, that um, I want people to always take into consideration. is the NBA logo. The NBA logo. Jerry West is the NBA logo. If there was a such thing as a basketball god, who would it be? Michael Jordan. Okay. I don't give a fuck how good we play. We can jump over the fucking goal. They'll never let us be the god of basketball. Right. So why would we let white folks be the god of hip hop? Mm. <laughs> somebody said they were. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. You're absolutely right, brother. You are absolutely right. The God Box is dropping when
2: May 19th on Malcolm's birthday.
1: Um, Significant. We we sold so many
2: pre-orders. Uh, there is no failure now. We've sold enough pre-orders that iTunes said we're already we're already gonna rank. I don't know whether it's number one or 20, but we're already gonna rank, people have already showed. We also doing something really special. We're gonna do 250 limited edition God boxes. And in those boxes, we're gonna have black power flag, it's going to be sort of like a consciousness starter kit. <laughs> um, I found uh, Anthony Broder who wrote the Broder Files, the book that introduced me to uh, consciousness. That mm-hmm. book is going to be in there. The god box is going to be in there. You're going to have clothes. It's going to be sort of just like all of the things that I accumulated to help me become conscious in this box. So I'm 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 very excited about it, man.
1: Mm. The whole process. Mm. When did that that initial 360 Happened for you like you were telling me earlier that you've always been conscious, but now you're just full blown. Yeah, when did that happen for you? Um, was there one thing that happened that made you decide, it, you know, f- fuck playing with it a little bit? I'm gonna go full blast. It, it, it was, um, one thing
2: was I went through two major depressions, mm-hmm. and I think we have a misconception. Most people think that you're being cursed when you go through pain. I think pain is actually a blessing. Um, pain is refinement, like when you work out. Before your muscles build, they have to tear first. Right. Then you have to heal. It's the same thing mentally. If you keep doing God gives us signals all the time that we fucking up, but we don't listen. So we have to be placed in a valley. So I was placed in the valley and for the most part God's like, you gotta have to figure this shit out. or you mm. ain't coming out. I but, think I think I would have died. What was it? Um, it started when I had the number one single, Get Like Me, with Chris Brown, and I had an opportunity to travel overseas and uh I got to see how America was broadcasting black men and women. And at that time is when reality TV shows had just started. So for the most part, globally, the only thing that people get from us was rap music videos and uh, reality TV. So imagine what that was telling the world. Mm. We look like fucking savages. So what happens is, I believe, like when America is uh, militarizing the police force, when they practice on us internationally even black folks say well they ain't nothing but a bunch of niggas anyway and we say we niggas right you feel what i'm saying we mm-hmm. broadcast around the world oh man we just about killing and this, this and this and we own these bras and and this all this think about how powerful rap was six to seven years ago and the only thing we did internationally was sell somebody else clothes alcohol mm. when we had we had everybody's children mesmerizing we had the opportunity to change the perception of africans globally and all we did was sell somebody alcohol not even our own shit right but but what happened to me was when i saw that internationally and i had the number one single that means it was my fault i'm not criticizing other rappers i'm only criticizing me and at the at the time i thought it was all my fault i really thought because that's the type of person i am and a preacher had to teach me that if you try to be Jesus, don't be surprised when they put your ass up on that cross. <laughs> it's not your responsibility. He said in Mississippi, you're trying to change what has been three generations. He said, do what the fuck you can and go home. Mm. And that's what I do. I do as much as I can because I'm going to tell you something, bro. And I haven't said this, but people know this. In six, seven years, if don't nothing happen to me, I'm leaving. And I thought I was gonna go to Africa, but then I went to Africa and, and colonialism is just as bad as our racism. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna, in about six, seven years, I'm gonna go and 'cause I want kids. I'm I'm going to go to an island if I ain't married cuz I'm not married and I don't have kids yet and I want to mm. be married. I'm not one of these rappers who lie. I want to be married. Right. I want I think I actually think I'd be a better businessman if, <laughs> if all of my energy
1: You live longer be, too. Yeah. <laughs> you live longer when you're married, bro. Probably. Yes you do. And maybe I could keep <laughs> But yeah, man.
2: Um I I I, I one other thing I want I want to say about you, bro, is that um Thank you for, for, for giving your opinions. Um, bro, you, you you have been in positions, and even with this, bro. Come like, on, son. Like, they took your shit, bro. Yeah. They, they real life took your shit. I'm talking sure about, did. I was watching TV. They gangster took you, your shit, bro, and was like, what the fuck you gonna do about it? Because mm. what we'll do, we'll put you in court, because I'm going through that right now. We'll put you in court for 80 years. That's right. And you'll get your money when you're dead. <laughs> you feel me? But, bro, like, some of the things that happen to you in, uh, in radio and some of the things, because I, I watch you, um, be, I'm, I'll tell you why. Um, baby Sam, who's a very, very good friend Love of Baby mine, Sam.
1: Shout out Baby Sam.
2: She fucking loves you to death. Yeah. So when shit happens to you, Sam is one of the few motherfuckers, she'll cry. Yeah. Like Raheem Devon, she was the one who introduced me. She loved him and hated what was happening to his career. And she told me, she's like, listen, you gotta listen to, she was out, uh, she might get in trouble for this, but she was out in the street giving people his shit. Like you gotta listen to this boy. And she would always come and tell me like all of the shit that you was going through and how you didn't deserve the shit that was going through. And bro, you still through all of that, decide to take you know your fame and stand up for your people. And you don't have to fucking do that.
1: Mm. Because a lot of times they ain't stand up for me, that's for sure. But
2: the uh, Put a
1: fucking knife in my back and twisted it a couple of times. But but
2: it's because they don't know any better. When we conscious, we think that our people look through the same eyes and have read the same books and traveled as much as we do. Bro, if there was anywhere that I would die on this planet, it would be in Mississippi. Mm. And I got that tattooed on my back. Right. It's like you have to educate our people. They don't know why they hate themselves. Like I told you, they're malfunctioning. So when they see you, they think you are a free nigga. Mm. So they want you to die. Like, dude, you escape? How dare you be a god? When I'm a, fu- I'm fucking suffering. So I, if it, I actually, I actually, uh, 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 measure my success by how much people hate me. <laughs>
1: if you ain't hating, if your, they ain't
2: talking about your motherfucking your ass, ass. <laughs> a, until you
1: ain't hating, you ain't popping, right? Until they, <laughs> until
2: mentally our people are free and they're moving in that direction.
1: Thank God. David Banner in the building with us, man. Come on, son, is the <laughs> podcast. God box. Pay
2: hey this man,
1: motherfuckers. <laughs> y'all, y'all owe that man. Bro, they could at least brought
2: you up there and let you be a part of the show or some shit. They raped your shit, dog. And hey, bro, I'm standing next to you. They fucked over you, bro.
1: Yeah, they did, bro. They
2: that, that, that shit wasn't right, bro. Come on, bro.
1: Come on, Come on son. son. Come on, Come and on then, bro. And then Chris Carter was one of the people that helped bring it to him, and then they got rid of him. Wow. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, and Keyshawn Johnson. That's fucked up. Damn. With Colin Kaepernick, the thing that bothers me the most about Colin Kaepernick is that there have been NFL players that have beat the shit out of their wives. There have been NFL players that have raped women women. while
2: policemen were outside standing guard.
1: There have been NFL players that have driven their friends drunk and caused their friends to die and themselves. And other people. You had Greg Hardy, who was on the fucking Dallas Cowboys, who threw his woman on a bed of guns and slapped her the fuck around. And he got an opportunity to play. So now I got to turn on the TV and watch sports, where it's mostly white people talking about sports, and all of these guys are saying the reason why Colin Kaepernick did not get picked up is because of his style of play. He can't stand in the pocket and throw the ball. How the fuck do you know what he can do? Then they said
2: it's because he was vegan. Like, it's crazy.
1: White folks would (laughs) say the craziest shit, and black folks would be like, they got a point. Right. The, the
2: thing that I don't understand. Oh, no, because
1: he's a running gun. He's a running type of quarterback, and no team is going to change their entire offense for Colin Kaepernick. You mean to tell me a bullshit-ass quarterback like Josh McCowan can get a fucking starting job, and a man who's been to an NFC championship twice mm-hmm. can't find a job on any fucking roster in the NFL, and it ain't got nothing to do with the fact that he just took a stance against police brutality. But,
2: but, but the thing is, he didn't take a stance. He you just sat the fucking down. That, that's what I don't get why everybody said, the motherfucker just kneel, And like, like, bro, I, I'll hit Kaepernick like every two weeks to check on him. And I'd be like, bro, I'm going to just be honest with you. I haven't even told I'm just, I just want him to say, bro, go ahead and say it. Because I, me, I don't believe that you stand in front of another man's uh, uh, revolution and what he wants to do. If he don't want to say nothing, then it's not my place. Right. I'll, I'll sit back. But the thing is, He didn't really say anything. He took a knee. It was like Chris Jackson, Mahmoud. It was before him. All he did was pray. Right. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. White people are telling you, you, yeah, it's all about freedom, and you can do anything in America
1: as long as it makes me happy. That's right, and as long as we agree with it. Right. And it happened before... It happened before Mahmoud. It happened to a a, a Chicago Bulls player by the name of Craig Hodges. I put it all over the internet. Craig hit me two days ago.
2: And the thing about Craig, Craig wasn't even uh, uh, a pump-your-fist revolutionary. Right. He just wrote down what he thought could help black people and handed it off to Bush's people. That's all he did. And the crazy thing, after I studied Craig Hodges, the thing I was upset with was the rest of the Bulls because I didn't know Hodges went through that until two months ago yeah like dude they let him he was on the and the most powerful team. basketball player in history said nothing
1: they ain't say a goddamn and,
2: thing and you talk about you talk about friendship or you talk about team members and crying for your quarterback right like come on my dude like but but what I will say is this bro um I believe this and I said this in a rhyme I believe that um people mistake what God actually is um I believe this. If you were God, it's supposed to be hard. If you're standing for people and you're standing uh, against evil and we have to first acknowledge the fact. See, we're caught into romanticism. We always believe that the good people win. That's not the truth. The bad people won. They control all of the commentary. So you have to be careful. If you are truly excelling, my mama used to say this because she's a Christian. My mama used to say, if you don't bump into the devil nine times, at least, no, my mama said, if you don't bump into the devil at least two times a day, nine times out of ten, you're walking with him. Mm. So if you are upwardly mobile and not having any bumps in them in this system, nine times out of ten, you a house nigga and don't know it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's Come On, Son, the podcast with David Banner, y'all. Pay him. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs.
0: This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.